0: On today's show, I have a fantastic conversation with one of my all-time favorite people, actor, director, and writer, Brittany Santiago. Brittany and I discuss the start of our friendship, as well as her journey from her early years in Louisville, Kentucky, all the way to her move out to Los Angeles, California. Brittany discusses some of the struggles and misconceptions that actors face, in addition to her own personal aspirations and career goals. And then, a new segment is introduced to lighten the mood a little bit. R-A-Q, random ass questions. So please join me, will you, and give this talented young woman a little Brit of love on Free Your Geek.
1: By the power of God. Is coming.
0: And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free. And joining me today is a very special person. Uh, one of my favorite human beings in the world. Uh, Brittany Santiago, actor, writer, director, producer, blogger, podcaster, Anything else I left out? What else do you do? you Dancer. answer. <laughs> martial arts extraordinaire. You just you just do it all. You're just you're just a badass woman, and I absolutely Aww. love it. So as I'm about to interview Brittany here, I want to mention that uh, you should see on the podcast we have that little E in the box which stands for explicit. So there could be some language here because we're gonna be talking about a lot of um, Trials and tribulations, a lot of learning as we're yeah. going through our lives. So some of that stuff might come out. So just a quick fair warning, but we're going to go through before we even get into your life. And, and and Brittany is living in L.A. and she's, you know, auditioning. We're going to talk about all that. But we need to discuss first how you and I became friends because um, yeah. I have my own version of it. And I'm assuming you have your own <laughs> version of it, too.
1: Mine might be a little hazier than it's supposed to be, but yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> well, we, we became friends uh, due to a particular convention. Uh, it's not necessarily a comic book convention. Uh, it's similar to that of a Comic-Con, but it has more of a specialized audience. It was uh, called yeah. Heroes and Villains, and I forget what year it was, mm-hmm. but it's, it, was, it was probably at least four or five years ago now at this point.
1: It was the anniversary thing just popped up. It was like four years ago. It might've even been five at this point, honestly.
0: Well, yeah. I, and, and yes, yeah, heroes and villains typically had the mm-hmm. cast of the CW shows. That's what, why I went anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, arrow yeah. flash, uh, and the, those were the big two. And then legends of tomorrow was just rolling out. I believe they were season two when I went. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been a while. And, uh, Cheap plug, go listen to my previous episode where I talk about the crossover crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I met you there. You uh, shout out to my aunt and your friend, uh, Ann Cosetta, because she'd met you previously. (laughs) So Ann Ann is, uh, we always take pictures on every holiday and I send it to Brittany because we're always like, oh, we got to send her a a goofy picture. But yeah, Ann knew you uh, prior to me and then I tagged along because I was a fan of that show and I met a whole group of people that all yeah. lovely, lovely ladies, and this is my recollection of it. At first, the first trip I went down there, I didn't think you liked me all that well. I, I, I was, no. yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, she's cool, she was cool, but like, I was there with my buddy Danielle too. Danielle and I were there, and uh, oh. Danielle kind of, you know, her and I kind of did our own thing. But I was just like, I never, like, I was like, okay, this girl is really, really cool. She's got a great personality, but I feel like we didn't really like connect. And then fast forward a year later, the next heroes and villains, you and I had lunch mm-hmm. like almost every single day. Where, and that's why I was like, okay, wow. <laughs> like, okay, this 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 girl is awesome. And that's when I was like, I, I don't mean to speak out of turn, but I think that's where I kind of fell in love with you. And I was just like, this girl is like amazing. I need to be friends Aww. with her. And, and since then, like, like we goofed that, like we're each other's number ones. And I just think like, he is. He's my number one. To to be quite to be quite honest, you are just you're an amazing person with a lot of drive and grit and determination, and that's why I want to have you on the show because I really feel like you have a story to tell. And and, mm-hmm. and your story, even though your story, in my opinion, is you know just beginning because there's going to be so many crazy things that are going to happen to you in this life. But I think this is a cool point to like you can kind of even rewind back like 20 years from now when you're accepting an Oscar and you're being like listen this is this is where you know this is where it all started I'm gonna (laughs) gonna go re-listen to Free Your Geek who's now he's gonna be this like 58 year old dude like trying to like talk about like geek (laughs) shit it's gonna be it's gonna be great (laughs) yeah no it'll be great it'll be great so um, before we get into your um, kind of move out to LA let's just do some quick background stuff where were you born? Yes. What was your childhood like? Um, you, you mentioned dancing. I, I mentioned the martial arts. I know yeah. you did a little bit about that. So let's just uh, kind of go into that.
1: Yeah. So I was, first of all, I just want to back up for a second. I was drunk pretty much the entire time at Heroes of Villains. So to be fair, the first time I met you, I probably barely remember
0: it. I think we got an so, elevator. We got an elevator. something. Okay.
1: I did did remember that. So my defense, I probably didn't remember a lot of it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I was actually born in Georgia on an army base. And then I grew up in Kentucky, a very small town in Kentucky. Like we're talking small town. Like all the things you think of when you think of small town, that's where I lived. It was very conservative. We had like one grocery store, one church. We had one school. We had a Kroger. That was like a big deal. (laughs) But uh, that's where I grew up. And I spent most of my life there, kind of in different places in Kentucky. So it was very weird, especially as an artist, to live in a place where art isn't exactly, it's not considered like a career path. You know, it's considered like a hobby that you do
0: on the side. Right? Like, oh, you did you did a little play. That's so nice. Like, but now go back to you know, fit, working on cars or or you know something some uh, remedial type of job where it's like you know do something that's going to make money, so to speak, or or give you. It's 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 more to your point, like you said, a hobby. And, and I guess that's my question. Like, I and I know, I believe. Um, there was an article, I can't remember where it was. Uh, was it LA Life? There, I can't remember the name that you just it was did.
1: Voyage LA. Voyage,
0: Voyage LA. LA, okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned some of that too. I remember reading that, and uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well so people can check that out. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, like you've always had that kind of in you to be a performer, right? So it's like you, you talk about yeah. it being. Like a hobby, but for you, it was kind of like it, what you never thought of it as a hobby. It's all like this is something I enjoy that yeah. I want to do professionally.
1: Yeah, from the moment I was thirteen years old and did my first play, acting saved my life. It really did because first through about seventh grade, I was shy. I know, I know, I was shy. It was shocking <laughs> for everyone who knows me now. It's shocking, but um. First or seventh grade, I was very shy. I didn't have a lot of friends. And there was something in me that just the eighth grade play uh, auditions were rolling around. And for some random reason, I decided I should do that. And it was a musical of all things, which was ridiculous because I can't sing at all. And I just did it. And it really I got a a very large role. I had to sing. That wasn't great, but (laughs) I, um, Got a role in it, and it really did save my life. It was kind of like I turned a new chapter after that. I was very talkative and outgoing after that. It really did save my life. And from then on out, that's all I wanted to do.
0: So how did you, from there, so you mentioned growing up in this small town, how do you kind of venture out? Like what do you do, 13-year-old Brittany wanting to continue this as a career? Do you keep doing plays? Do do you start maybe moving to – or at least driving out to like these bigger like towns um, that might have a little bit more, or did you kind of, I mean, obviously at 13, you're still in school, but I mean, you know, moving into high school, into, into college, like what, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously that passion continued to grow. So like, where did that grow into?
1: Well, it was interesting because, so I did the eighth grade play. And then when I went to high school, I auditioned, the theater department because you had to actually audition just to be in theater in high school and but I was also an athlete at the time and this is how small of a town it was you weren't allowed to do something in the arts and sports you had to choose one and that was really weird for me it was kind of my first dose of what it was going to be like you have to choose acting versus everything else in your life and in that case in high school I chose athletics because I knew in college I was going to go full throttle with acting I was moving away I knew it was going to be so high school was kind of going to be my last time as an athlete and I actually I don't regret a lot of things but I do regret that because I feel like in theater would have gotten me to the point of knowing that I want to do film quicker. So I do regret that, but I still enjoyed being an athlete. I enjoyed doing soccer and track. But what I did since I wasn't in theater is I learned through, I was a big reader, so I would just rent from the library. A library is where books live, for those of you who don't know.
0: For some of our younger (laughs) listeners.
1: Yes. Um, So I would go to a library and I would rent books about acting, about theories, um, about different styles, stage, film, everything. And I would just read everything I could do, which sounds silly because, I mean, acting is mostly doing. But for me, that's all I had. And I would start studying clips. The Internet was a lot slower then, but... um, that I, what I could find online, I would learn and watch and study. I kind of just had to do my own thing. If you don't have an entertainment industry around you, you kind of have to look for it somewhere else. And then in college, I moved to the University of Louisville, and the Louisville was more of an art. It was like the only artsy city at the time in that area. And so I was just blessed with all of this art and entertainment from then on out, so that's when I really got into it.
0: Okay, so take me now. So you're you're in you're in college. You're in Louisville. Is mm-hmm. it Louisville. Am I pronouncing it correctly? I want to make sure I've big...
1: it's, <laughs> it's Louisville. Louisville. Okay. <laughs> you gotta like blur all the words together.
0: <laughs> being being northeast, you know, and I should I should point out that right now, uh, Brittany and I are on. We're going coast to coast from Massachusetts to California. Yes. So. Time difference notwithstanding, I also have you know the Boston the Boston accent sometimes comes out. I do very well to control it, or I do my best to control it. But when I sometimes when I'm talking fast, it comes out, and uh, I have a tendency to overpronounce things. So I say Louisville, and I'm like Louisville. Okay, good. We're, we're good. So going from Louisville, there uh, we go. You know, from there to you know, obviously I met you. You were still in Louisville when were Were you still living there when you were going to the cons or or that general area? Or I back was. In? Okay. yes. So that's when mm-hmm. we, kind of met, we kind of met, we kind of met then. And then it was after mm-hmm. that, you know, you were, you were working a, you were working a few jobs there, right? Post-college.
1: <laughs> I was always working a thousand jobs. That's just what you do.
0: <laughs> you're like, you're like the Swiss army knife. You like, you know what I mean? Like Jill of all Thank trades, you. like you can do everything except sing apparently. Uh, but like that's, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, I that's one of the things I love about you. It's just that you have no fear to your point where you're like, I just want to try acting. You're, you, you're not afraid to be like, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to go in mm-hmm. and I'm going to just give it my all. And, you know, I might find something else that I'm passionate about. And for you, it was obviously acting. Um, but that's, I think a lot of young people need to hear is just the fact that they think that it's like, oh, I'm not going to try that because I, I might fail. Well, unless you fail or you, you might fail, but you're still going to learn mm-hmm. regardless of one. And yeah. the fact that you, have basically the, the backbone or the cojones, if you will, just to be like, I'm going to try this and I don't care. Like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. And I like, I think that's, that's one of the things I respect most about you. So that also kind of drove you to move out to LA. Um, mm-hmm. And you ended up, yeah, another mutual friend, Tracy, you ended up moving in with her, but you know, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm uprooting my life from, this life that I know to the great unknown, but guess what? This is my dream. I'm going to do it anyway. So talk to me a little bit about that from moving from Louisville out to Los Angeles.
1: I actually, I didn't move directly from Louisville. I actually went back home, got a master's degree in screen and writing and with the focus on screenwriting. So that way I had like two jobs I could pursue. And then I moved out to LA only about two and a half years ago. And the, the, the big push for me was, we don't need to know how old I was at the time, but the biggest push for me was, you keep pushing this back. You keep pushing this back. The only one at this point in time that is stopping you from doing this is yourself. So what's your, what are you doing? So I was like, oh, okay, self, so what am I doing? So I, because of the cons, met an actor who needed a personal assistant for a little bit. And he lived in L.A. And so he asked me if I wanted a job because he knew I wanted to move out here. And I said, hell yes. And then away I went. I just got up and moved. For me, it wasn't, a, it wasn't hard to go, oh, should I, shouldn't I? For me, it was, I don't want to do theater. I want to pursue film and television. So I'm either going to go to L.A. At that point, Atlanta wasn't as big of a hub as it is now with, like, The Walking Dead and all that stuff. So for L.A. was where I needed to go. And I was like, that's where I'm going. And that's what I did. I mean, at a certain point, you have to just take the leap and do it. So that's how I came out here.
0: I absolutely agree. And to backtrack just a little bit, speaking of the cons again, heroes and villains uh, specifically, mm-hmm. you did a little bit of moderating as well. So that that yeah. was kind of cool. As well i remember you mm-hmm. know being up there and be like that's my friend and, and pointing at me. And, and it's just really yeah. cool because you get to kind of interview you know some of the the celebrities the guests there and mm-hmm. basically it gives you a little bit like another um ammo for your arsenal so to speak because you mentioned going back and getting your masters and writing with a focus yeah. on screenwriting so now you have yeah. dual you can do both you know you have that yeah. gets your foot in the door in a couple of other different places or other facets that might be you know something that you can mm-hmm. do and pursue there same idea to me with like the moderating it's like you're you're already kind of networking for lack of a better term yes. with, with mm-hmm. these different celebrities you know and people can say oh well they're you know it's CW shows or whatever and it's like it's it's not like ABC or NBC or they're not it's not like NCIS it's like it doesn't matter hollywood is hollywood you're all going through the same yeah. audition process. It's somebody that can give you mm-hmm. tips or help present opportunities or, you know, know your name. So if something pops up and they hear like, Hey, we need an extra for this or, or whatnot. Hey, I know somebody right. that can, that can do that. And it gets you kind of almost not that you wouldn't be comfortable. Cause as we talked about, you like it. Op- you're, you're an open book. You're very energetic. You're very uh, personable. So to me, it, 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 for me, in my respect, like I'm very quiet when I first meet people. I'm very shy until I get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Then I open up a little bit. So to me, going in with a moderating gig like that and being like, oh, I have you know these stars from these television shows that I'm going to have to ask questions to and mm-hmm. keep it rolling and, and kind of uh, curate fan questions that are walking up to the mic and know when to cut the fans off and, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be like an enormous amount of pressure for me and I'd probably be very like almost like not i want to say professional but very straight into the point where you go out and you're just so mm-hmm. effervescent <laughs> and energetic and you're like dancing and i'm just like i kind of envy that like you're you're very um personable and you're very good with people and i think you know that's the type of personality that you need to have to be out there again mm-hmm. think about like you know doing talk shows doing like doing podcasts like all the stuff mm-hmm. you need to be Kind of have that outgoing personality, which you do have. Um, So I just think, I think, like, again, so much is another, you know, arrow in your sheath, so to speak. Uh, No pun intended, (laughs) but it's just, uh, you know, you just have more tools at your disposal that you can use. And I think that's excellent. And through that, obviously, you said networking. We will not name the mm-hmm. actor, but you went out and you did. No, no, no. We, uh, we, NDA's. Yes, non-disclosure agreements, folks. NDA's. That's what that stands for. But we'll just say that you know it was it was a pretty high-profile person um, mm-hmm. that you you did that for, and it got your foot in the door, and now you're you're living the life in L.A. and you're going to auditions and you're mm-hmm. writing scripts and you you mm-hmm. you know keep doing so. Tell me you know what's been one of the bigger misconceptions and what's been some of the struggles that you've had as far as like things that you didn't realize moving out there like things that you know, like everybody knows like oh there might be and luckily it's gotten a lot better with the me too movement, but you, you hear about like casting couches and you hear about all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's already, you know, kind of, I'm glad that's kind of like put in the spotlight and that's, you know, kind of being done away with, which I'm sure it still right. happens, but it's a little bit more, uh, have, has a little bit more discretion. But I mean, we, we kind of know those mm-hmm. things. We kind of know that, you know, actors and, and whatnot, some, some of them are temperamental or, or could be hard to deal with, but What's some of the things that you didn't really foresee that were like, Oh, this is kind of not what I thought it would be like, or, or something along those lines.
1: I would say that for me, I was auditioning. I had an agent back in Kentucky, so I was auditioning in Ohio, Indiana and in Kentucky all the time for many, many years before I came out to LA. People tend to forget that most people who moved to LA had acting careers before LA. They just, weren't in LA. So they weren't as high profile. I was acting professionally with an agent for about six or seven years before I moved out here. So the auditioning process for me started very young and and continued in LA, but I hate to say it, it doesn't matter if you're in LA or Kentucky or Ohio or Indiana auditions, they're all the same. And the, the one thing I can't, what I really learned from auditions, which you don't think about when you first do them, is I cannot emphasize this enough. You either need to get a coat of armor on yourself or build one up. You better have self-confidence because auditions are gonna tear you down to the core. I mean, I've had auditions where I've gone in, they've told me, you're too fat. Uh, For those of you who know me, that's kind of hilarious. I've gone into auditions where they've told me I'm too skinny. I've gone in auditions where they've told me you're too athletic. You're not athletic enough. Maybe if you gained a few pounds. I've had people go, when I'm going on in to audition for roles that are not Caucasian, I've had people go, you're not tan enough. You're not the proper Latino look we're looking for so I think one of the things I was not expecting is that everybody has a different version of what their version of perfection is and you're never ever going to please anybody at all. you just got to hope that your talent is going to outweigh whatever their vision for the physicality of the character is and I would say for me that was the biggest eye opener when I was doing auditions was just that I would go into auditions and either all the girls around me would look the same or we'd all look drastically different. So for me, you building up the, well, I was, I'm lucky enough to have the confidence already, but as an actor that might struggle with that, it, it, it hardens you and it hardens you emotionally outside of acting that you weren't Expecting, and that could be both a good and a bad thing so I would say that would be one of the biggest things that I learned when I started all of this
0: and I I find that very interesting too because you would think you know with this whole diverse type of culture that we're in now like you know loving yourself and you know it doesn't matter it's like having the confidence doesn't matter like your size or, or whatnot as long as to me it's like you know again if you're not right for the part, you're not right for the part. If it's like an acting thing or if you want like a certain aesthetic, I kind of understand that. I get that. But Mm -hmm. it's like, if everyone's coming in and looking like, I don't know who one of the actors, like one of the major actors are now, I can only think of like, you know, if you're, you're all blonde hair, blue eyed like people. And that's not what the, the role is like kind of under and they're Mm -hmm. choosing like, okay, so you're a brunette, you have a better shot of getting it. But to me, it's like, yeah, for them to, to continually to nitpick and, it's not about your, as you said, the talent per se. They're they're more giving you comments based on a physical thing, which, to me, it's like that. I don't think that's any necessarily any other industry that would be like that. If you want to be an accountant, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you're mm-hmm. the best accountant, yeah. you get the job. You know, it's if, it is, mm-hmm. and that's what I use because that's a very boring job. And apologize to all my accountants that listen, but it is. You're working <clears> with numbers all day. Um mm-hmm. and I, I was almost an accountant once too, so there you go. Um But no, I, I get that. And it's just it's it should be, you know, the content of the character, so to speak. Can you and I, I know that for me personally from reading all these different stories, certain actors would audition for parts and then they wouldn't get the part, but because they made such an impression on the casting directors, or any of the showrunners, mm-hmm. they ended up getting characters written for them. Uh, my favorite television show of all time is Lost.
1: I've actually never seen Lost I believe before. it was, I think it was Tracy that <laughs> mentioned it. But to me... <laughs> uh,
0: and you should watch it. I know you're super busy, but whenever you have time to binge, it's a great show. Um, it's it's very involved though. It's kind of like Game of Thrones-ish where you have to like watch from the beginning to know, oh, who's that character? Who's that character? But Jorge mm-hmm. Garcia, uh, who played a character Hurley, uh, originally auditioned for a character named Sawyer and he was great, but they're like, you don't really fit the part. But we think we can write a character based on your personality that would fit in with this overall. And again, that's that's casting for a large, you know, large T V show with many multiple leads. So cool. I think, I think hopefully the industry continues to change, you know, again, with the, the me too movement we've already talked about, it's getting less about, you know, Hey, you want this part? Like, let's go back or come to my hotel room. Like it's getting all of that is getting like thrown. I
1: luckily have never experienced that before. I, um, yeah, I've never in an audition. I was on and I was working on an indie film one time, a really long time ago, and the director was being inappropriate when we were shooting a love scene. There was a love scene that I was involved in and the director was being inappropriate, but this was like nine years ago or something like that. And I actually, I told the producers, which who write their, his paychecks um, about it and they just fired him. So uh, luckily I, the one time I've experienced that they got rid of them but there's so many people that either feel like they can't speak up or if they do nothing happens and I'm just lucky that it hasn't happened to me on that well, and I'm very
0: yeah. I'm very thankful for that 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 hasn't happened to you as well and I'm glad that in that scenario you were able to speak up and the the people who were in charge did the right thing and and took the right course yeah. of action which is great um mm-hmm. so that's that's Pretty much so you now you're 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 doing the LA thing you know um, you've been on auditions I wanted to kind of play like almost like um, I want to say Karnak because I don't know if you know who Karnak is but I want to kind of play like um, almost like a fortune teller if you will let's let's talk about in, in a, okay. per, a perfect world if, if you you know uh, mm-hmm. your birth your next birthday you have the candle okay this is my dream role I blow out the candles, mm-hmm. what do you foresee like, yeah. being like, this is this is either the television show or the movie I want to be in, mm-hmm. this is kind of like the role that I feel like I'd be good for, because I know you mentioned your athleticism, mm-hmm. you played soccer, you did martial arts, could you see yourself, mm-hmm. and somebody I know that's not just me, but somebody else on this podcast is a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, <laughs> so I, I'm wondering yeah. if you see yourself as kind of like that badass chick or do you see yourself as more um, like a crime procedural or are you looking for more something sci-fi like what would be your dream role
1: I have two can I say both of them
0: you can say because both I've
1: got, I've got one for television one for film That's, that'll work so, out perfect then uh, for film I'm assuming you will know who these people are Mila Jovich and Kate Beckinsale so Underworld yep. and Resident Evil Yep. I feel like there is a void for the next you know kind of like supernatural or video game woman i know we have finally Tomb raider 2 is going to is going to actually happen so we have alicia vikander is going to do that but i would like to be my dream film role would to do would probably more like a resident evil underworld situation just because For me, I feel like I've been training with the dance background, the athletic background, the martial arts background. I feel like I've been training for that action role my whole life, and I'm just waiting for it. And I would be the first Latina one, first Latina to have a role like that. I mean, Michelle Rodriguez, of course, is amazing, but she doesn't have her own series like The Underworld or Resident Evil. So I would love to kind of fill that role right now because I feel like, especially in the Latinx community, that we're kind of lacking still yep. for that. So, for film, that would be my dream role. And it would sure. it'd
0: be a trilogy. Trilogy of movies. It
1: could be whatever. It could be as many as they want to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, As long
1: as I'm still physically fit enough to do it. So, I'm just
0: trying to think. We, we've kind of done the vampire thing for a while. And the zombie thing's kind of and still the, and going. And the
1: zombie thing.
0: So, what if, what yeah, if we... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I could, I could see almost well, like, a. God. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead.
1: Well, I have an idea for that for my dream television role. Okay. But we have, well, we haven't got to okay, that so yet, let's, but, um,
0: let's go with that.
1: Okay. Uh, so I actually wrote a pilot for a television show that, um, I'm not going to say too much about it cause people can't steal it, but it is, yeah, it is supernatural. And, um, it's nothing like the show Supernatural and it's not like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but essentially, and it's not like Shadowhunters because you got to do your research on these things, but it's essentially, it is a role of a human that is endowed with powers to fight the supernatural. But it's like completely different than anything that you've seen on TV because that's all been done before. But for me, the, the big draw for what I, the script that I wrote obviously I'd want to star in it, is that it's very diverse, and it looks more like the world that we live in, and not so much like a bunch of white people just slaying things, and um, not to say those shows aren't good, because they're all very good, but um, I, I would like, I just want to see something that looks like the world we live in and I feel like I don't want the token character. I don't want, Oh, well we have one African-American character. We have one Asian character. So we qualify as diversity. Like I would like to also I would like to see more diverse sexuality and things as well. So those would be my two dream roles. I don't know what the film thing would be yet, but um, that would be my television.
0: I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's my, here's my idea for you for, this is going to be a sequel, but it's going to spawn its own series of movies. Have you seen, have you seen Cabin in the Woods by Joss Whedon? So you know how they have all the monsters locked in on the bottom, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, but basically this government has all these different monsters toward the end of the movie, they make a decision to end the world. The world doesn't end all those monsters escape and they need somebody to go start capturing all those so you could theoretically have a different type of monster in every movie that you could be hunting down and that would be yeah. your role so you could go after like a Frankenstein or or what werewolf I would
1: like to do like mythological
0: creatures though Min- like from
1: like yeah or like ancient Egyptian times or something like that that's Ooh, okay. cool. Let's get that rolling.
0: <laughs> All right. So maybe, maybe as a baby, you're born with a birthmark, and that means you're the chosen one. Once these uh, mythological beings uh, start, they come back to the earth. They come every ten thousand years, and the new, you know, per- chosen person. There you go. Mm-hmm. I love it. Let's yeah. let's let's get that written. Yeah. Let's write that down. <laughs> well, that that kind of uh, wraps up the interview portion of it. We're gonna take a quick break. And then we're going to come back with mm-hmm. some RAQs, some random ass questions. So we'll be yes. back after this break. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. 4041 Media is a collection of podcasts in the southern New England area. And in addition to the great show that is Free Your Geek, you can check out 4041media.com and listen to the Psych Your Crime podcast to figure out why the crazies commit the crimes that they do. Or if movies are more your thing, check out the cast of characters at Movie Theater Time Machine. You can hear all of that at 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. 4041media for listeners by listeners. And welcome back to the Free Your Geek podcast. With me still, getting ready to answer some random ass questions is my number one. Britney Santiago. Brittany, are you ready? Hello. Are, I am so ready. Okay, so we're going to start off with some easy ones. Breakfast food. Are you a pancake okay. person or a waffle person?
1: Pancakes, Okay. sure. Now, do
0: you put anything in your pancakes, or do you have them plain?
1: Okay, so my mom and grandma used to make my pancakes a certain way. So we would make the pancakes. My mom... Or no, my grandma would pour powdered sugar on top of the pancake and then she would roll the pancake up like a pancake burrito with powdered sugar in it. And then you either put uh, the syrup in the middle of the pancake or on the top and then you would eat it. But I wouldn't do syrup, but I would eat it like a burrito. Okay,
0: excellent, excellent. (laughs) So uh, I figured I'll answer this one too. I'm a chocolate chip pancake type of guy, but I'll never turn down Eggo Mm -hmm. waffles just call me. Uh, 11 so you can Mm -hmm. you can throw some waffles okay let's move on from breakfast foods to pets Mm -hmm. dogs cats or other oh
1: um i have oh gosh i love so many animals i have to say i don't know Mm, dogs okay so, so
0: you're more of a dog person than a cat person
1: I mean, I just like them both. But if I had to choose only one, I'd say dog. Yeah. Do you have mm-hmm.
0: a favorite type of dog, or one that you think is the cutest? Yes. What is it?
1: A chocolate, a chocolate lab
0: puppy. Oh, that is adorable. Big eyes, big ears, <laughs> like just
1: <laughs> little brown poof.
0: Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. That's that's. Mm-hmm. I had a wine rhymer back in the day when I lived my with my roommate, and he was the most awesome dog. Very very short, gray hair. We named him Gandalf the Gray. Um, ice blue eyes, gorgeous, like had the body of like a greyhound. It was it was awesome. I miss him. Uh, okay, what is your favorite condiment? Let's go back to food. What's your favorite condiment? Ketchup, mustard, salsa, uh, mayo. Uh, this is weird.
1: <laughs> Did you get that? No, no, say that again. We we, just, we
0: had a, we had a little blurb. We had a little hiccup. Yeah. Soy sauce. Soy sauce. So are you a big Chinese food Yay. person? What's What's your go-to Chinese dish?
1: Um. Mm, teriyaki chicken with vegetable rice.
0: Okay. Mm. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I'm, I'm more yeah. of a beef teriyaki guy, but to each their own. That's great. Uh, okay, moving on to entertainment. What's your guilty pleasure TV show that not a lot of people would know about? Do you have anything like Mm. reality TV or like Say Yes to the Dress or whatever that fiancé show is?
1: I know it. I don't watch reality television. Um, I did, however, finally because it's on Hulu, I've been watching the first six seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. So, yeah, I'm on season five finale. So that's the only reality television show. That and The Voice's earlier seasons that I've ever watched.
0: Okay, favorite favorite yeah. coach on The Voice?
1: <laughs> Jeez, Uh Oh, my God, they're tied, though. I would definitely have to say earlier seasons, Christina Aguilera. Later seasons, Kelly
0: Clarkson. Agreed. agreed. For sure. I agreed mm-hmm. on Christina. Um, and I just love the – as much as it kind of uh, monopolized the show at points, the – Blake and Adam uh, bromance that they just made fun of each other that made it entertaining to me. But to me, I think as far as coaching goes, I think Christina and then I want to say probably uh, Pharrell was my other favorite uh, go to coach. Um, so that's. Sorry, saying? go ahead. No, no, no. You, you you were thinking. I would say. Um, oh,
1: I I was just gonna say I forgot Pharrell was. He was he show. was that
0: one. He was there one season, but he had he had a tell every time like somebody was really really good. He'd stand up. Like, almost like um, mm-hmm. uh, Timon on The Lion King, like, hey, what's going on? And uh, <laughs> and then he turned to Adam. I think it was Jordan Smith when uh, – Jordan Smith, we had, you know, he sounded like, – you know, they didn't turn the, – they never showed him on camera because he had a very higher-pitched, if you dare I say, effeminate voice. And then everybody turned around, but Adam and Pharrell just looked at Adam and shook his head up and down, like, yeah, you need to turn around. Like, I just love the <laughs> fact that, like, he's – not um, selfish in that respect, like this is a good singer, you need to turn around. And I was just like, okay, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. So yeah. you also mentioned your athletic background, um, obviously mm-hmm. karate, soccer, uh, track and field, yes, track? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what else do you consider a sport? Do you consider uh, billiards, AKA pool, a sport?
1: I consider anything that you practice and train and hone in on your craft a sport. I mean I I would say billiards is stretching it a bit, but like things like bowling and things like that, I do consider those sports. I mean you can get injuries from them, you train your ass off. Yeah, I, I really risk I respect anybody who plays any type of sport.
0: So uh, watching ESPN they also have poker tournaments on ESPN so do you consider poker a sport you have to practice for that and mm-hmm. you can get injured with paper that, is, cuts.
1: True. that yeah. is true I never thought I didn't know that was classified as a sport shows you how much I,
0: I, I play poker well, but I, didn't I, I don't I don't know, I know it was classified. you know that's
1: um mm, I don't know I don't know it's a game for sure but I don't I don't know if I would go that far
0: I think, uh, I think there's a difference because yeah. people even say like, oh, well, NASCAR is not a real sport. It's just driving around. But to have the athleticism that you need and the mental faculties you have mm-hmm. to, to, to be able to drive at that speed and make those like split second decisions. Like I think that's, you know, that's again, to your point, mm-hmm. like it's something you need to practice at, it's something you need to excel in um, and you can get injured, mm-hmm. obviously from that. So based off that, yeah. I agree. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can consider sports. So now we move from the physical side of it to more a more another ent- uh, entertainment type of question. What is a guilty pleasure song artist that you have? Like I don't care how cringy or how played out or whatever or how like um, I don't know goofy the song is. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be singing it at the top of my lungs.
1: Mm, I don't know. I'm big into rock music, so I don't. I wouldn't say any. Any of the types of things. I like alternative rock the most. But I wouldn't say, I don't know. I don't get embarrassed. So I'll sing whatever I want whenever I want to. But. Right,
0: right. But I'm saying like, so for example, <laughs> girls just want to have fun, comes on. You'll be singing that at the top of your lungs. You know, or like these boots were made for walking. Like anything like that to me. Like those are those are two of my guilty pleasures, by the way. So uh, I'll be the, out there.
1: The, the Cranberry zombie. You that's, know that song? Yes, yeah. Oh, well, you're in I my head. I don't even know most of the lyrics for that song, but I will sing it like I do. <laughs> so,
0: uh being a rock fan, have you had uh, heard the Bad Wolves cover of that?
1: No. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to send
0: that to you. So Okay. Uh, yes, they, they covered that, that. Yeah, that's uh, it's, uh great. They were actually supposed to record it with the lead singer before she passed away and she was supposed to, they were going to do an updated version, a rock version of that and she passed away, but then they uh, they ended up doing it and I forget what they did. They sent the proceeds to one charity or, or, or something like that mm-hmm. for, for recording that song. but'll I'll send you the link to that. Um, oh. Well, now you're living you're living in this great state of California that has some beautiful beaches and some beautiful mountains. Mm-hmm. So are you more of a beach person or a mountain person?
1: Oh. oh man. Oh, probably beach, I would say beach for sure. I think beach for me, there's a certain type of clarity when you sit on the sand and you have your feet in the sand. And if you just close your eyes and listen to the ocean, it really clears my head. And I know you can get, most hikers can get that from mountains as well. But for me, it's something that I don't know the water, I think, and the smells. And like, it just seems like, I don't know, it just really soothes me and calms me. So I would say beach for sure.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm more of a mountain person myself, but mm-hmm. I, I agree to disagree. And I think both are very peaceful to your, to your point. Uh, right. What's your favorite junk food and or candy? Like what's like, I'm going to sit on the couch all day and watch like binge watch a show on Netflix or, or, mm-hmm. or, Disney plus or something along those lines. And what's your go-to like what's in a bowl or what, what type of candy are you eating?
1: Oh, you guys are not kind of like my answer to this. I'm not a sweets person. What about chips? I don't like. I'm not a chips person either. I'm not a junk food person. So um I, w- <laughs> like I was raised in a really. I was raised in a really healthy household. Uh, for me, the biggest sweet I would go for is like chocolate-covered strawberries. That okay. I would lose my crap over. <laughs> okay. but it's, so I would say that's about as sweet as I get. I'm okay. not.
0: So new, yeah. new, new series, new uh, new season of Stranger Things, you're going to be out there uh, watching Netflix with a bowl of chocolate-covered strawberries that you're going to, as you're watching.
1: It can be regular strawberries with sugar on them too, whatever. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I love it. I love it. Uh,
0: okay, what's an article of clothing that you just can't pull off? Like, what do you like think is like, oh, this looks really cool, but I just don't have what, the right look for it, the right attitude to carry it?
1: Oh, Crop tops, me too. Crop tops, like yeah. <laughs> but um, there is a certain type of like swagger that I feel like women who wear crop tops have that I will just never possess. They're like, I'm here, my body's banging. There you go. And I just like I don't feel that way. I've tried to pull them off, and it just it's like an internal thing. I don't even know what I would physically look like. It- internally I just couldn't do
0: it so I would say crop top Mm that's okay well um for me just so you know um any type of vest Uh any type of like down vest I tried to wear like a Marty McFly I'm like nope not Uh gonna happen (laughs) not gonna happen Uh, okay let's move on to we we talked about music as far as guilty pleasure songs but what's what's your favorite song right now January 2020 like what's your what's your jam right now and then what's your favorite song of all time
1: uh well currently lewis capaldi uh somebody to love and if anyone's trying to figure out what where that song came from if you watch legacies that was in season one of legacies and that's how i found out about that song it came out last year that whole album is amazing by the way um i think it's called divine maybe and it's amazing i love lewis capaldi uh, but that's my go-to song. Even though we're on year two of that, I'm still listening to it almost every day.
0: That's awesome. Sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you just brought up and you just made made me think of something. Um, I'm actually re-watching Smallville with uh, my friend Danielle mm-hmm. that we that I brought to the first Heroes and Villains because yeah. she's never seen it. And for the crossover, mm-hmm. I wanted her to get used to, like, this is who Clark Kent, this is who they're referencing because she's a fan of all the CW shows currently um, so mm-hmm. I wanted her to kind of just get a little bit accustomed to, to Clark and Lois and, and all the different characters there. And um, so we we're watching that and it made me think of like every episode of Smallville within the first few seasons used to have some type of melodramatic song playing out. And I remember like watching mm-hmm. it on live TV and like music from tonight's Smallville includes blah, blah, blah. And they'd like kind of like yes. promote, promote the artist. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of missing. So with your little mm-hmm. uh, keeping it close to the Vest TV project, Maybe we should bring that back at some point, or maybe it doesn't fit your. I yet.
1: actually, my my television show. I actually have the full playlist in my head of the first episode already. Well,
0: there you go. There you go. So, so <laughs> never mind. We'll, we'll put that. We'll put that in the docket for for maybe a, a, a spinoff of your TV show. We'll we'll bring that
1: back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. As we mentioned, oh, and then my favorite oh, yeah.
1: song of all time. Yeah. What's your favorite yeah, my song favorite thing? song of all time is uh it's by a band named Safety Suit. Uh, they have two versions of the song. Uh, it's called Never Stop, I think. I think that's it. Yeah, Never Stop. There's a wedding version and a rock version, and their wedding version, it's like a lower slow down version. That's my favorite song of all time.
0: That's awesome. I have never heard that, so I'm gonna have to check that out.
1: Yes, check it out.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, Oh, these two next questions kind of go back to back. So being, um, being a comic book fan that you are, Um, And I'm not going to get into the whole mansplaining thing because I saw you post that and just, it drove me, (laughs) it like made my face turn red that people in this day and age still think like, oh, you're, you're, you must not know this. Like, dude, we have the, anybody has the internet. Anybody can look stuff up. Don't ever judge somebody based on what you think they may or may not know because they probably know more than Mm -hmm. you. But, um. Yeah. again I'm getting off my soapbox now um, are, do you think uh, characters such as Harley Quinn Wolverine Deadpool are they overrated and overexposed or do you think that the, the fandom is just so like uh, rabid for it that it doesn't matter
1: I don't think Harley Quinn is overdone because anything Margot Robbie does, I just can't say bad things about. But um, comic book wise, I don't think Harley Quinn is overdone. I do think comic wise that people like, I know this wasn't exactly what you were saying with Deadpool and Wolverine. Wolverine is overdone, I would say. He's on every
0: team. He's on every team for everything.
1: 100% like not that I don't I don't dislike him. I just like there's other characters. The, my biggest concern is when you have things like Marvel and you have things like DC, is you have thousands and thousands of characters that you are not using. So why do we have to watch the same 10 characters in every version imaginable? when you have so many other ones that you can choose from and we're getting the same thing over and over and over again. Right. It's like well, do we need do we need another Batman? We do not need another Batman. Like we know what happened to Batman.
0: <laughs> right. I agree. And I agree. And I, I think from the comic book standpoint, Batman's another great example. He's like he had at one time like seven or eight different titles that he was in. It's like let some of these other characters mm-hmm. shine. And you're exactly right. And to me, going even going into like television and movies and whatnot like Not that I'm a huge fan of like Cyclops, but even within the movies, like he never even had like to me, in my opinion, any real character development. He was just kind of like there Mm -hmm. as like he's the guy in between Wolverine and Jean. You know what I mean? Like he's the guy that she's with, and that's all. He's he's very Mm -hmm. like you know. So I don't I don't know. Mm -hmm. I kind I kind of feel like yeah, if you could develop that character, give him a little bit more of a backstory, then you actually care about what happens to him. But that's Mm -hmm. just you know my overall uh thought process um and then kind of follow up to that uh is there any type of trend or fandom that most people are like crazy over that you're just like meh i really you know i don't it's not really for me
1: mm. uh, i guess oh people are gonna be so mad is this comic related are any, you anything comic and, related any, or? any type of fandom okay.
0: any type of fandom anything that you feel like oh people are like crazy over like Again, it could be like The Walking Dead. Like everybody's all crazy about The Walking Dead and I'm like, nah, I don't really care about it.
1: Oh, man, gets so much. Mm. Supernatural. Yep. And can I explain? Can I explain no, no, Bell, before everyone gets mad?
0: The floor okay. is yours.
1: Here's my problem with Supernatural and I have no qualms with people who love Supernatural or anything like that. I think they're both very talented actors. They do not have a consistent, consistent cast of female characters that they keep like most shows have one or two female characters that are series regulars and they're a rotating door Uh, and for me I can I can branch out I can watch a show that only has like men as main characters but at a certain point I need to be able to relate to different aspects of characters which unfortunately I need to have female characters as well. And so for me, if they had, I think if they had a solid two characters from like the beginning all the way through, then I would probably watch the whole show. But I watched season one and some of season two still waiting for that to happen.
0: And I I think that's fair. I think again, I think inclusion, not again, not to get on the soapbox, but I think inclusion or at least being able to connect to a television show or a movie for every type of person, no matter, you know, gender, race, sexuality, I think is important because, you know, it's not that like everybody, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like everybody always has to be represented, but just to connect to the material, I think you mm-hmm. need something, you know, and I don't think it should be always like a stereotype with like to your to your point as far as like you know like all the stuff like oh some directors are saying i'm not latina enough like the you know and then even like and, and I, I love um like comedies and stuff i watch modern family and i know that sofia vagar they there they're playing a stereotype with her with her you know being like mm-hmm. and it's just like okay yeah i i mean i can find it funny but at a certain point where it's like okay like that's overkill with the you know stereotyping like let's get a little bit more substance within the character and, mm-hmm. and you know so that's right. that's how I feel about that um but that mm-hmm. yeah Supernatural is a good one for me um I never got into it like I was like prime when it was happening but the Jersey Shore never got into it everybody was like all gaga no. about that and mm-hmm. I was like I can't be bothered about people acting like <laughs> idiots so um for my last two questions though um we're going to get a little bit more we're going to get a little bit more serious. We're going to yeah. we're going to we're going yeah. to okay. play a, a psychological game here. All right. Cool. And uh, okay. for those folks that are listening, uh, Brittany and I are facetiming each other um, through Facebook <laughs> Messenger, so I'm going to I'm going to make sure she actually does this. Um, so we're going to play the cube game. So this is going to be fun. I want you to close your eyes and I want you okay. to I want you to picture this giant white room and then inside mm-hmm. this room you're going to place a cube a three-dimensional cube how big mm-hmm. is it compared to the room it, does it take up most of the room is it really tiny in this room is it somewhere in the middle
1: okay do i pick in my no no you're gonna, yeah. you're going to tell me you're oh, going to tell okay. me now <laughs> okay um I would say it's about the cube is probably about the size of a a little bit bigger than a basketball.
0: Okay, but inside, inside, in in relation to the room, how much of the room does it fill up?
1: Mm, not even probably about one thirty eighth of the room. <laughs>
0: okay, interesting. This is totally not going to go the way I wanted to, but I don't care. <laughs> this is great. Um, okay, what color is the cube? Does white. It, it's just it's a white cube. Um, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then against this cube, um, we're going to place a ladder. Okay. Describe the ladder. Does it look easy to climb? Does it look very difficult to climb? Does it go beyond the cube? Does it reach the top of the cube, or does it go past the cube?
1: It goes past the cube, but not quite to the top of the ceiling. And it's is easy to climb. Yes.
0: It is or it is not? It is. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. We're also going to place, let's see, we're going to place a bunch of flowers all around this room, Mm -hmm. or it can be wherever you want, actually, within the room. Let's, Let's place some flowers. Describe the flowers to me.
1: Okay. They are, they're coming out, there's vines all over the room and the flowers are coming out of some of the vines and they're white they're kind of like they're not they're not lilies but they're kind of like white and longer and then they come up at the top but there's some black on the edges of the lilies or whatever flower it is
0: <laughs> okay Okay, excellent. And we're gonna play some rain. Let's let's put some weather in here. We're gonna add some rain. Describe a, the storm to me, and that's happening in this particular room.
1: Mm, it's uh, it's very, it's mostly thunder, but it's black and gray clouds gathering, and it's mostly thunder. There's not like actually rain coming out
0: yet. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And then let's see what else we're going to do. We're going to put a, we're going to put an animal, we're going to put a horse. You're an animal person. We're going to put a horse Mm -hmm. in this room and this, this horse is going to have a very distinct personality. Describe the Mm -hmm. personality of the horse. Give it any type of human characteristics that you want, but like, what's this horse like? What's the temperament? Mm,
1: The horse is like, he's very active. He's always ready to go. Like uh, the slightest, tap or kick he would be like Whoo! <laughs> he's gone he's very he's got a lot of energy
0: excellent excellent all right let's open our eyes okay okay now do you know what any of that means
1: Mm Am I supposed to know what it means? No, so no, I'm
0: going to tell you. Normally, the joke is I I always, I always go into it. It means nothing. I just made a bunch of stuff up, which is not the case. Then I go back and tell you. Usually, the cube, the cube is how you see yourself in this world. So, like, usually, if it's if it's so basically because it's a little bit of a smaller cube compared to the room, it doesn't mean that you're very egotistical. It means you typically are, are a very humble person. Um, It means that you kind of respect the opinions of others. You're not all about yourself all the time. You're very caring. You don't think of yourself as bigger than the world, so to speak. So the size of the cube really is how you see yourself. So it means Mm. it's so, and then the, the, the color white, some people choose different colors. White obviously is a very pure, good color in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's, it's something. So you'd like to see yourself as a very pure, very caring, very good person at your core. The ladder represents your hopes, your dreams, and your goals, and its relation to the cube. Depending, it, it basically determines if you've met your goals or if you still have a long way to go to achieve your goals. So, you said it went all the way almost to the ceiling, which means you have some aspirations to go very, very high. However, you did say that it's easy to climb, so it shouldn't be a difficult process. It might just be you got to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, one step at a time, keep going up. Um, usually people, if it's below the cube or if it's at the cube, it's like, if I get to this point, then I'm happy. And that's, I've met all my, and if it's usually higher than the cube, it's like, okay, it's, I still have a ways to go, but you know, it's Mm -hmm. either difficult. Um, the flowers represent, um, your, your family and your close friends. And it's, it's cool because Mm -hmm. you said there's a bunch of vines. So like from all like the things that might be kind of, um, You know, not the best quality. It might be kind of like you know, not the greatest people in the world. You have very specific friends coming out of these vines that are are maybe not so great. That you have these beautiful flowers. So out of all these people that you have in your life or that you meet in your life that might not be the best, your friends stand above them. And you said they're very open and they're white again, pure, and they have black around the edges, which means you know a little bit more. You want them to be open and. Kind of like push all their problems to the side and just it doesn't matter whatever negative connotation you might be that the beauty is on the inside with it all opened up and they're pushing their negativity away from each other and then the rain represents how you typically deal with your problems when you're going through an emotional time so some some people say oh it's like thundering and lightning and winds blowing shit all over the place and, and other people you just say so what you're saying is there's a lot of thunder but it's not it's not coming down yet so maybe it's when things don't go your way you kind of more internalize you might just get very angry and lash out a little bit but you don't it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, permeate in the sense that it doesn't keep raining it doesn't continue it's like okay it thunders but it might not rain yet so I might get very very mad but I, it's it's, it's going to be something that passes or I'm not ready. It's not going to go all the way yet. It's just I'm just very upset right away. It hurts, and I'm just, oh, and then, okay, we're cool. And then the horse, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh, You're so cute. <laughs> uh, well, okay, that's good to know too. The horse is how you see your ideal mate. So you, oh. s- you si- see, you well, see, so <laughs> yes. she, she would be, um, somebody that's, that's cute and very energetic. And then all you have to do is tap them and they're ready to go, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so I just, you know, that's, it's usually like a, just like a, a psychologically game that we play with people and just to kind of see like if that, if that really fits their personality or if they think it's, it's, it's yeah. inaccurate or whatnot, but how do you feel as far as that kind of uh, psych profile for you?
1: Well, I I liked most of it. I would say the ladder being easy to climb was not, I, I don't, not, the entertainment industry is not anything but easy to get through. So I would say the ladder being very long is pretty accurate. Um, it's taking longer than I thought it would, but I guess that's what most actors say. And um, The Thunder, was pretty accurate, actually. Uh, the horse—I did not expect. I thought, look, like at some point, I thought maybe the horse was going to be me when you broke it all down. I didn't think the cube would be me. I—I I would say I agree with most of it. Um, I would. Maybe I wouldn't have made my cube, but as small as i would (laughs) but it wouldn't have been that much bigger
0: (laughs) so so that's actually it's actually a a that's a conversation starter that i learned about as far as like when you do like first dates with people and whatnot as you're meeting people you're dating people you can learn a little bit about them by playing that game and it's just it's just a cool way to kind of like get to know somebody a little bit and like say how close was that like is that how you foresee it Or, or whatnot so listeners and Brittany, if you ever want to use that with new people that you meet in your life to kind of you know try to get to bond with them mm-hmm. a little bit whether it be friendship or romantic like feel free to like use that little cube game awesome. and, love and, it. and uh, kind of going along with that ladder um, as far as you said it's, it's still a long road ahead but you mentioned both television and movies but everybody's got a different version of what success is to them so what mm-hmm. is your vision of success look like for you
1: I love this question. When people ask me this question, it makes me so happy because it's not what you think it's going to be. I want to be, there's a difference between being a famous actor that everybody knows, being a celebrity, and then you have being a working actor. And that's just someone who always has work, doesn't have to be consistent, doesn't have to be the same show. Uh, One of my favorite examples is Katrina Law. Because she's always working, but she hasn't quite had like her own show or her own this or her own that, but she's always working. I just want to be working. That's it. I just want to, I don't want to have to worry about not having food for a week or this. I just want to be constantly doing things. And if that means I do a bunch of random stuff for the rest of my life, that's fine. But I just want to always be, I just want to be a working actor, not a struggling actor, which is what I am right now. I want to be a working actor. That's my idea of success. I
0: love that. I love that. Because again, it's it's more about applying your trade to the world, applying your experience and, and your talent, as opposed to like, again, it gives you to your point, something of a little bit more of a challenge with each role. It's not like, hey, I'm getting you know a series regular for the next six seasons. But if you're a guest star for the next six seasons where it's like three or four episodes per whatnot, and then in the off time, you can do a different type of character with a whole different type of storyline mm-hmm. where, again, you could be like a total like badass chick in one, like a Katrina Law as Nissa al Ghul. But then you could also be like, a detective or forensic scientist or, you know, something else that might be a little bit more and not, not that I would, a badass person isn't smart or intellectual, but you can show your range as a different actor. Maybe you can do more comedy versus a dramatic role or or anything in between. And I think, uh, I think that's awesome. So I kind of want to use this podcast almost as like a, um, almost like a journal entry, if you will, or like a a, a check mark, Mm -hmm. like a check, like, like 15, 20 years from now, like I said, and I, I I say this with all sincerity in the world, when you're accepting some type of award, whether whatever it might be, a Screen Actors Guild or, or an Emmy or an Oscar or People's mm-hmm. Choice or whatever it might be, I want to look back and be like, this this is my friend, L- this is where she started, this is where she's going. Look at how far she's gone. Look at the success she's had. Look at what she's achieved, and that's gonna make it's gonna make me so happy to see that. And I'm still, Aww. I still want to be part of your entourage. Um, like you said, when you have your oh, own TV show, don't
1: you, you worry, <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> I, want, I want to
0: meet all your famous uh, a- actor friends and, and uh, especially the, some of the single ones. Um, you know. But um, I, I, I digress with that. Um, no, but I want to say when you have, when you do come uh, with your own show and you're being very diverse, I don't want to have a recurring role. I just want to be like a background extra. Or, or like like a, oh yeah, if it's like a, if it's like a scene in New York, I'll be like a hot dog vendor with a cart or whatever just pushing it by. That's all. Oh
1: my God, that's exactly what I thought of. is some vendor that like looks up and has this oh shit look like shit's about to go down. That's I, what I imagine. <laughs> then I just
0: move off screen. I love it. <laughs> so uh, Brittany, if people want to follow you or look at any of your social media stuff, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's just plug some stuff right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So Instagram at Santiago, Brittany, um, Twitter. I recently changed my Twitter. I don't remember what it is. I think it's at the Santiago one. Correct. That sounds about right. And then, uh, the main thing I want to plug is, uh, called the lady cave. It's my YouTube channel and hopefully the link will be down below at this point but I am doing a bunch of new types of segments where there will be guest stars on it. And I'm doing a lot of acting skits and things like that. I actually have two videos I'm editing right now that will drop next week. And ironically, one of them is about my LA journey when I first got here, but it's more like an emotional kind of the harder side of that life. Um, so it gets pretty deep, but yeah, I would say that would definitely be my biggest plug right now. And then, we'll, and then also,
0: yep, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: And then also, I write for a website called Peerfandom.com. I cover Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. So if you're a fan of any of those shows, please watch or please read that.
0: <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll put in the show notes. We'll have uh, Brittany's uh, Twitter and Instagram links will link to pure fandom. Um, and then we'll link to one of their most recent articles. I believe I already put that out there within the last show I mentioned in our, where i covered crisis on infinite earths, the crossover. I gave a shout out to Brittany mm-hmm. there and plugged her, but I'll put the, yeah, uh, I'll put the same, mm-hmm. the same there. And then we'll put her YouTube channel. That's one of actually Cerebro, uh, what, what do I call this this segment? Hold on, I gotta go back now. I think I call it Cerebros <laughs> Suggestions because I put on the Cerebro helmet and I go out to all the different fans that are out there listening to this. And I'm like, you guys would like this. I'm reading your minds. So, yes, uh, mm-hmm. we have Cerebro Suggestions. We do have The Lady Cave, that's at youtube.com. The Lady Cave One, I believe. Yes. Um, I'll put that mm-hmm. again, that link will be in the show notes. And then something else you guys might wanna check out if you haven't seen it yet, it's Screen Rant Pitch Meetings which is a YouTube channel where basically Screen Rant has this one guy play both the studio head and the writer of, and he basically, it spoils Mm -hmm. all the movies. And it's just, it basically, if you ever wonder, like some of the plot holes and whatnot of movies, watch that because then you'll have the studio director being like, well, didn't he die in the last movie? And the writer's like, yeah, 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 we'll just write that out and we'll come back and we'll say it. And, and it's just the guy playing off himself and it's it's very dry mm-hmm. sense of humor. Um, definitely check out. He's got stuff for all the way from like Home Alone to like the X-Men movies, to the Marvel movies, to Harry Potter, mm-hmm. all these different, uh, it's, it's very, very good. But again, check out The Lady Cave and Screen Rant pitch meetings. Both those links will be in the show notes as well as Brittany's Twitter, Instagram, and link to pure fandom. Brittany, I want to thank you. This has been awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I love you to death. I think you're an amazing person. And, uh, before I get too, too mushy, I just want to say you're my number one and I can't <laughs> oh, wait to see you're you.
1: You're my number one too. <laughs> I need to,
0: I need to get out to LA soon. I'm hoping, uh, mm-hmm. maybe this spring. I don't know. It depends what the, uh, the future looks like <laughs> for me, but we'll, we'll be in mm-hmm. touch. And, uh, yeah, everybody yeah. go go follow her because she's an amazing amazing person and I think she's going to be doing some big things in her life and it's going to be cool to get in on the ground floor when you like you know she's going to be like when again 15 years 10 15 years from now when she's been like she has all these roles under her belt and you're going to be like I was like part of her before she had 4 million followers on Instagram. <laughs> so, let's uh let's get on that bandwagon. Let's go give her some love on the article she's writing. She's do, she's doing it all. She's a Swiss Army knife of entertainment. (laughs) And uh, thank you again, Brittany, for being on the show. And thank you you. for freeing your geek. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you.